Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Please be advised that Little Miss Recap contains adult language. You can see the ambition difference. Andrew's like, I was just so happy to be in a band. And George is like, why the fuck do I only have three number ones this year? Welcome to Little Miss Recap, the podcast where uh, we uh, uh, wake me up before you go-go. I, I don't know. I don't have anything. Stop making noise. I don't have anything quippy to say. I wish I had like like symbols. My name is Amy Archer. I'm your host. I'm here with my big sis, Jenny. What's up, Jen? Not too much. What's going on? Not too much. I hope you guys enjoyed the bonus content that we gave you, which was us talking about our Emmy picks, and I love how we go into things and we didn't see half the nominations. I know. Like, we can obviously not be... I mean, my Emmy picks were based on what I saw or what I heard. Yeah. About things I didn't see. Hey, there's people who based whole presidencies on what they've heard. So, you know, who knows? All right, Jenny, today we're here to talk about the 2023 documentary Wham! Wham. Oh, shit. Was I supposed to have a... I don't know this new format. You gotta do all the stuff. It's just it. No, there's no description. It's oh, just okay. wham. It's a documentary uh, so, on Netflix. So you keep things loosey goosey over here. Yeah, it's like wham. There it is. <laughs> um, it's a. It was a good name for a band at the time that that was a band. Yeah. yeah. So here's my. Let's do a like upfront big picture discussion. What did you think of this documentary? I really liked it. I like. I I love George Michael, so that's helpful. I do too. Yeah. Um. I did like I didn't I don't know how you feel about Wham, but like I feel like we were pretty young when Wham we were was pretty out. young. Mm-hmm. So like I I liked Wham. It was one of those like you know I was like six or eight listening to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really loved George Michael's stuff later. I was more into him as a solo artist later. Remember Father Figure? Oh, that whole album was like I want your sex. huge God wow. huge wow. Um. 
here's how I felt about the documentary. It was fun. It was light. Mm-hmm. Like I kept waiting for it to take a turn. Well, but <laughs> that's it. because it that's because it was about Wham. Yes, exactly. All the dark, crazy shit with George Michael happened after Wham. Yeah, like I feel like <laughs> okay, what's the story? The story is like they were two good guys. They I were feel good like friends. the story is is Andrew still alive? Yeah. I feel like the story was like Andrew was awesome and like he was important too. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, because honestly, like, again, because I was so young and I'd I'd be interested to hear from older Gen Xers, like Andrew, he wasn't even a thing for me. Like, I barely, I didn't even remember his name. Like, it was always like, wham was George Michael to me. But I think that's because I was so into George Michael later. And I knew he came from this band Wham that I knew one or two songs from when I was a kid. Do you know what I mean? So it was like, fair, fair. Like, was Andrew a huge deal? It seems like he was. I, it he was a partier. Well, we know that, but that doesn't, you know, that doesn't, those well, two things aren't necessarily equal. I don't know. I just remember I was really into George Michael. Yeah. And I, you're he right. Was like, stunning. I didn't even know. He was stunning. He was stunning. Yeah. I mean, you look at the footage of him. He's stunning. gorgeous. No. It's those Greek genes. I mean, he's just amazing. Look at John Stamos. Come on. Okay, Jesus, um, here we go. Here we go, John Everything Stamos. Everything gets fat. You, you have like six degrees of separation of John Stamos. I I challenge anyone, regardless of sexuality, to look at John Stamos's Instagram and tell me he is not attractive. I, I agree, he's an attractive person. guy. But like I you, want to meet you, that person. You have him up on like pedestals with George Michael? <laughs> like, no. No, sorry. Jenny... You don't think, you don't think John Stamos is on top of the pyramid of no. of Greek hotness? No, I, of well, like who's is like Aristotle in the pyramid of Greek hotness? <laughs> Zeus is in the pyramid. <laughs> Zeus is a god. Yeah, of course. Um. Okay, so let's get into this. So I don't have a ton of notes. No, I have like periodic notes. Yeah, yeah. I just have. Okay, we open on George and Andrew. They're high schoolers. They meet when they're 12 years old. They're in London, correct? Yes. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Here's a question for you. They're boomers, right? Yes. Hell yeah. Not not super firmly because they were 12 in 1975, which would make them born in 1963. So they're on the edge. They're at the edge. Yeah. They're like a a Kamala Harris situation. They're like a cusp born Gen Mm -hmm. Xer. So George came to Andrew's school and as a new student, and he was shy. How about the picture of him when he was a little kid? Oh my god, hilarious! Oh my god, he's got like this thick curly hair and these yeah. big glasses, and he was shy and he was kind of nerdy. And Andrew was like a leader and he was popular and he took George under his wing. Now George Michael's real name is Urios Wait, Panayatu. Panayatu. Yeah. And Andrew called him Yog. That yeah. was his like yep. loving nickname for him. They decide they have a lot in common, so they form this band called the Executive in nineteen. And they started with ska, which is hilarious. They did start with ska, and I love the the audio of them like screaming and just playing their hearts out. And well, you know. and, and one thing that I took away from this is like when they were showing where they grew up. I think it was a town outside of London. Okay. Um, they like suburban London. Mm-hmm. 
it makes you think about like I was thinking back to when like to where Paul McCartney's childhood places and did, if anyone has not seen it this. we talked about this all the time carpool karaoke with Paul oh, McCartney yes. if you have not watched yes. this show or this yes. episode it is amazing it was Liverpool by the way it was Liverpool mm-hmm. so they go, they were in Liverpool and they go to Paul McCartney's house where he James like they, brings them mm-hmm. where they wrote and now it's a museum Mm-hmm. And the pianos there were like, they they wrote their songs and recorded them because these four-track recorders had become accessible. They became mm-hmm. affordable. When mm-hmm. I say accessible, I mean affordable, right? Like, they've become, like, anyone could get them now. And that was a huge shift in let, music. Let me just give some context to the Paul McCartney. Oh, here we go. Period. Did I trigger you? No, no, no. You didn't trigger me, but I want to respond in oh okay all right let's let's hear the uh, john lennon response to me saying paul mccartney no 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 all i'm gonna say is that carpool karaoke came out right after 2016 which was a very difficult time for women in this country and when he sang let it be and talked about his mother you and i were sobbing i was sobbing the whole time the best was when they went to that little bar yes so they go to this little bar in Liverpool. And if you don't want to spoil the episode, then shut off. Shut this off for 10 No, this seconds. is like 10 years old. It's not a spoil. So they go to this bar in Liverpool and it's like this Beatles, you know, like it's obviously everything in Liverpool is probably like Beatles themed and like, mm-hmm. oh, John Lennon drank here and Paul McCartney. And, you know, there's these people in the middle of the day at the bar, not judging. Mm-hmm. I've been not there. Judging. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. like they're probably regulars, right? Like mm-hmm. it's a small crowd. And it wasn't like noon. It was like three or four o'clock. Five, whatever. It's it's early uh, evening. Okay, early mm-hmm. evening. But it's a small crowd. It's probably like yeah. the locals or whatever. Yeah. And uh, the bartender, I think, asked somebody to like turn the put something in the jukebox. And of course, the jukebox is all Beatles songs. Mm-hmm. So they go over and they put a quarter in the jukebox. And I guess this area had like a stage where they have bands, like small stage, but mm-hmm. it was covered mm-hmm. by a curtain. The guy puts the thing in the jukebox, picks I don't know what song it was. I forget what it was. But that must somehow, they must know what it is. And um, like a few minutes later, the curtains open and Paul McCartney's playing the song live in the bar. <laughs> and everybody People dies. lost their goddamn mind. Like it was crazy. <laughs> and then like you just see them on their phones. And then like, then they start mm-hmm. to show like crowds are coming mm-hmm. like across mm-hmm. streets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was so crazy. It was. Could amazing. you imagine being in that bar? I mean... I'd be like, Paul McCartney. Yeah, fuck him. But, would you know. throw something at him? No, are you kidding me? <laughs> I would be dying to see yeah. a beetle. Because I would be like, you touched John Lennon. All yes, right. you burned Proximity. him and freedom, but you also Prox- touched him. Proximity to John Lennon, fine. Right. Yes. Um, so they break up this executive band. And Andrew and George are like, we just loved writing so much and playing together so much. So they just kept it going. Yeah. And they're out at a club and Andrew starts rapping. Now, this wham uh, rap, this needs to be. I mean, I, I remember it. I remember oh, it. Bad. There was a lot of that kind of stuff at that time, though. Like bad rap. There was good rap, but there was yes. also bad rap. Yes. Yeah. So it's like wham, bam, I am the man. The man. Yeah. It's any more words. Let me see if I can find it. Hold on. All right. Oh, we're going to have to pay for this? Um, come and sue me, Wham. <laughs> Andrew. Andrew. <laughs> Andrew, come sue me. 
I don't know if that's even going to be like in their list of songs. Oh, of course it is. You think? It was big. Uh, it was big, and then like it became like a nostalgic favorite later. That's, that's not, not it. it. That's if you do it right. Hold on, I'm I, cutting all like, of this. What's it called? Wham Rap, right? I think the name might be different now. Here it is. I got it. That's intro congos. It was the eighties. Oh, here it is. forget also you have to remember this was like 1981 so like the stuff in the very early 80s had like a disco-y 70s like yes punk kind of influence yes and it was coming you're right like if this came out out like 86 yeah and if this came out like 86 87 Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it would not have been as popular yeah well so this is the song and andrew was rapping it at at the at at the club he was out at the club (laughs) rapping Okay. And he's going, wham, bam, I am the man. And George Michael's like, that's the name of the group. That's the song. Got it. Wham's the name of the group. Here's the song. They co-wrote most of their early songs. It shows. Mm -hmm. And Andrew came up with a chord progression for Careless Whisper. I forgot how much I loved Careless Whisper. Such a good song. But he just came up with that basic chord progression. But... I just put. I just have to read my note here. Some of the early stuff was not great. It wasn't Club Tropicana, Young Guns. Young guns. Oof. I mean, you yeah. know how I feel about Young Guns too. <laughs> All right. Anyway. <laughs> and there, there you have your six degrees of separation with JB, JBJ. John. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Andrew comes up with the chord progression for Careless Whisper, and the original version is pretty bad. Pretty bad. Yeah. I it's mean, like the lyrics I smell are great. The lacquer on the uh, floor. Well, bad. some of the, I mean, but like you're seeing it start to come together. Yes, you are. I suspect the bad lyrics that were interjected probably came from Andrew. <laughs> Don't forget, he's writing at this time. He's writing. So Andrew knows a dude. So he and George Michael are like, this is this is it. We're gonna create a demo of Carol's Whisper. This I love is this. Our, this, this is, is how our... you know they're boomers. This is how you know they're boomers. Yep, this is our ticket. We're done. This is a number one hit. We're going to go knock on the doors of every With our demo company. tape. With We're going to walk in yep. and demand and a record we contract. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they do this, and everybody shuts them out. They're like, no, dude. Not and they're shocked and devastated. Like, this is how you know they're boomers. Because it's like, there's like boomer dudes. Because they're like, here's... You know, here's our thing that's wonderful. Like, why are why they rejecting like us it? on our only try? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Andrew Jen knows a dude who is in the record business. Of course he does. And he slips him the demo and the dude loves it and he signs them. And Andrew's mom starts a scrapbook. Oh, God. Now, the scrapbook's pretty cool. Yeah, it is cool. Yeah. So I just have some of the songs are real bad. Wham Rap, Club Tropicana, Young Guns. Then George Michael's getting real upset because his song is not number one. 
Yeah, and he's, he's a psycho about this. In the top 40. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Young Guns gets to 42. 42 and it <laughs> hangs there. <laughs> so this is the kind of meat that is in this documentary. Ready? They get on Top of the Pops because someone else gets sick. First of all, Top of the Pops was a huge thing. Huge. Huge. Yeah. They get on there because someone else was sick. And this is like their big break. So Andrew's going, George drew the short straw and he had to sleep in this thing that was like a crib. So he didn't have a good sleep. So I'm like, okay, now it's getting juicy. Is he going to fuck up on top of the pops? No, no. Is he drunk and passed out in the crib? No. Did he find him with somebody else in the crib? Like what's going on? Nothing. They go on top of the pops. It's fine. And that's the first like where I took a note, seeing him at top of the pops, like stunning. I mean, he's only like 20 years old at this time. He's stunning. God. And that's where my notes end until they get to China. So in well, between. Well, and they were in, they were in, um, they had two girls in the band at the time. They had two girls in the band at the time. But like, this is my point, And you're going to laugh when I say this. I'm like, this documentary is okay, but it's really just about their music. I mean, I know you think, Do is it because you just assume every rock star is, like, a degenerate? Is that? I don't know. It's just so wholesome. Well, but, and they're really good to each other. Well, <laughs> I mean, part of it is, like, why would they make a documentary when, like, not a whole lot happened? Yes. But, like, it's because he's a star. And, like, this is his origin story of being a star. So you think there's going to be Wham 2? No. Or I mean, George Wham 2 Michael is George years? Michael's career which there are documentaries already about but this is like you know if you don't know a lot about wham and some people don't necessarily watch shows for murder same you know i mean i don't only watch shows i know you've been hanging around mom a lot but no there's no murder in this documentary no it's just it's really just okay so it's narrated by andrew and george which is cool yeah like it's really just it's about how they became stars. We wrote this song and it did well, and then we wrote this song. Some and people well. want to know that information. And I'm like, but it doesn't even go into like the songwriting process. It does a little bit. I feel yeah. like, and I feel like it. It like so. Um, also, I want to say at the top of the pops performance, like it is so clear at that moment that George is the star here. Yes. Like, but it wasn't always that way. Well, see that, and that part I think was interesting because I didn't know that. Like, I think you're right. I think this could be a PR piece put out by <laughs> I think Andrew. It is. Like, is he going to have a comeback career? Like, is that what's going on here? Because, like, George is in that performance. He's so clearly, yeah. Like, he, yeah. like, how do they say it? Heads and shoulders above. Head and shoulders. Above head and shoulders rest. above the rest. Like, he is a star in that moment. And they're just, like, backup singers, maybe. Backup band. And yeah. I thought that Andrew was this powerhouse of, like... I mean, I guess he wrote the music. Like, he wrote the music, which the early music's not... I mean, there's nothing amazing there. I love how George goes to Alabama to, like, get Careless Whisper worked on. <laughs> With, like, a huge music producer. Yeah. Wexler? So like I think, I, and then yeah. he like throws it away. He's like, no, it's not what I want. But wanted. he threw it away. He reproduced it, but like mm-hmm. it's still in the vein of what Wexler did. Yeah, I feel Wexler, like yeah, Wexler yeah. So was... like, so he wasn't even relying on Andrew to write the music for like the stuff he really wanted to do. So I feel like I thought Andrew was this, you know, it was kind of like Billie Eilish's brother. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like he's mm-hmm. the genius of the music there. Like he mm-hmm. writes all that stuff. Yeah, and it, that's not what happened here. I don't think. Well, and throughout the documentary, Andrew keeps saying, like, 
I saw George was going in a different direction. I saw George wanted more. Successful. I saw George, like, <laughs> he, he, you know, he was very, the way that Andrew describes him sometimes is, like, he needed this validation. Yeah. And George says that. He's like, yeah. I had a huge ego. Yep. I needed this, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, if anybody's love, surprised by George Michael having a huge ego, like. I know. What I loved about it was how George came out to Andrew. And Andrew was like, no big deal. Like, no big whoop. And it I'm was super, a big deal in the 80s, I'm super guys. mad about that, though. I have a lot Why? of notes on that. Why? Tell me. Because he came out to him and Andrew convinced him to not come out to anybody else. Like, not come out to his father and, like, to, like, publicly. And I feel like that was a huge fucking mistake. Do you think that George wanted to come out to his family? He was going to. He was going to go talk to his father. He said that. Yeah, but I think, okay, that's. Maybe I just had the wrong impression, or maybe I just glanced over this. Did my you impression? Watch this? Yes, but my impression, <laughs> my impression was that they had a discussion about it, and Andrew's like, "This might kill the band." Or no, no. Okay, set me straight. No, they, Andrew said the opposite. He said, "I'm not worried about the band. I'm not worried about our reputation. I'm worried about your father. I'm worried about like." Because he, he said this whole thing about, like, when you're 19, 20 years old, yeah, you just George care what your parents think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, like, that's what they were concerned about. He's like, I don't think your father's going to take it well. I think it's going to be really hard on your family. That's supposedly, whether that was true or not, I don't know. Because at that time, him coming out probably would have been tough on the band, too. Yeah. But yeah. but they... They they said it was because he didn't he didn't think his father would take it well. He talked George out of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, George wasn't necessarily going to announce it publicly. He was going to tell his family at least. And mm -hmm. I feel like him staying in the closet, and because like then he lost his nerve and he was afraid to disrupt the band later, like once they were becoming famous. Because this was before they were famous. Yeah, but think about how much his sex symbolism contributed to that rise. I know, and it's hard to say that it wouldn't have wrecked. Wouldn't have wrecked it. It shouldn't have, but it, in America saying? in the eighties, yeah. yeah, yeah, it would have. And I feel like, I, although, like, look at Boy which is George. disgusting and gross, but yeah. that's unfortunately the world that. Side note, real quick: if you guys want to, if you're younger and you don't really remember the seventies and eighties and and how it was to be a gay person in this country, um, watch Last Call. It's a show on. Uh, I want to say it's on Max. It's about a serial killer that was stalking the queer community in New York in the 80s. And the police, like, did nothing about did it. Did nothing. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Watch that documentary. It's really good. It's it's a series, and they just released the first episode. The other really good um, documentary to watch about that time in the UK is It's a Sin mm, on HBO. Yes. Yep. Excellent. Yep. It was about the AIDS crisis and how governments did nothing about it. Yes. So. But anyway, we digress. Um, I, I want to say... In, in a perfect world, George Michael could have been out and done really well and Wham would have been on its merits, but I don't believe that to be true of yeah. the 1980s. I don't know if that would have been true, but America. I feel like I feel like not coming out was super detrimental to him, his mental health. Of course it was. Yeah. But at least he was out to somebody. Yes, you know? true. And he yeah. did have that yes. support. Somebody who's close to him that he yes. didn't have to hide from. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I do think Andrew was super supportive. Which he I was. Really he liked. was. And and I get why Andrew, his instinct 
was to don't like to protect him. His instinct him. was to protect him. Yeah. yeah. And I get that. Like, I'm not faulting him for that, but it was just like, I don't know. Like he had the courage to do it then. And like, I don't know. Like, I feel like if there was 10 or 15 or 20 or a hundred or 10,000 George Michaels willing to do that at that time. Yeah. But no, you know, it just wasn't. Um, thank God, you know, we've made as much progress. Oh as my we God. Have. Thank God. Yeah. So Jenny, then Andrew leaves George Michael a note one morning and it says what? Uh, I forget. Wake me up. Before you go, mate, wake me up, up before you go, go. <laughs> and he crossed out the other up. Yeah. So then we had. Because I think, I just want to say. Hold on, I need to copyright infringement here. This was huge. Huge. This is what I remember. Like, this is the wham I remember. I just, when I hear him saying, oh my God, he has such a good voice. But I think this was the first big hit in the U.S. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's what brought them and this to is, America. And this is what I, this is the mm-hmm. wham I remember. Mm-hmm. All of this, like this whole documentary happened in like three years. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's crazy. Oh, Jenny, we forgot about this song, Freedom. Yeah. Didn't George Michael do a freedom song on his own? I think he did. Right? That was very different. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, okay, I'm done playing Wham songs and getting us canceled. Um one of We're the not getting canceled, we're getting sued. Sued. One of the things I thought was interesting, well, if we get sued, we're canceled. Um, <laughs> one of the things I thought was interesting is when he gets called into the Ethiopian live aid situation. Live aid, yep. And Andrew's not involved in this. So it is Correct. clear that George is becoming the spokesperson. So I have a couple things before we get to live aid. Okay, go ahead. So right before Live Aid or around that time, the press was all over Andrew. They were calling him Randy Andy. Yes, Randy. Right? And in some way he, and he talks about this, he was like a little bit of a lightning rod. Because like, like watching those early videos, I'm like, how the hell did George Michael keep his sexuality a secret? And how the hell would, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's people asking questions about women and stuff, but like, I feel like the press would have been prying into his business and like trying to see him with women and stuff but like andy was keeping them so busy with his wild insane behavior mm-hmm. that they kind like they just focused on that mm-hmm. i mean i don't remember any of that to be honest i don't remember any of it either but we were very young yes i mean i wasn't even 10 i was eight yeah in so, so that wasn't on our thing but I think what you're talking about is Band-Aid, not Live-Aid. Oh, I'm sorry. Band-Aid. Yes, yes, yes. Band-Aid came first, and that's the... This did not age well. Do they know it's Christmas time? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, oh, Lord. Like, like, are we bringing Christian? They're not Christians. I mean, they might be, but likely they're not. Like, what the fuck? Do they know it's Christmas? I was like, this... Wow. I mean, you know, good cause. And that I remember those things. Like, 
remember when they did those giant music things and there was like every famous person like bono's there yes yes elton john's there remember willie nelson did farm aid to help the farmers like yeah they did a lot of stuff yeah and used to care and at this time i'm just kidding oh then okay so then they do live aid yes and live aid is when he sings with elton john did you spot baby bono Baby Bono was amazing. There was Baby Sting. Bono was adorable. Sting was there. Like <laughs> Freddie Mercury was there. Freddie Mercury was there. Talk Holy about shit. a fucking genius. Oh Elton my John, god. Elton John and I mean Elton John too. Did you see and Freddie that Mercury movie Bohemian Rhapsody? I don't think so. Oh, I mean, I mean I? he he wrote that. Is song. it old or new? Is it new? It's older. I think I've seen it. He wrote that song and like everybody I did see was it. like, I did Dude, see it. I did see it. Where, where what's song? his name for my robot plays him? Yes. 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 I saw. I thought you meant a documentary. No, I saw the movie. Malik. Yeah. What's his name? I love him. He yeah. was so good. Everybody was like, dude, you can't write that song. It makes no sense. It makes yeah. zero sense. And he's People like, I'm doing it. And he's it. a fucking genius. But when anyway. he, when, when George Michael sings, he's on stage singing, don't let the sun go down on me with Elton John, who his who is is his huge idol okay and i want to say something about elton john elton john was really into george michael oh yeah of course he was (laughs) (laughs) yeah well we we see you elton we see you because elton had to be like how much older than him yeah a lot a lot because he's he's talking about him at some award ceremony and he's just gushing over him (laughs) yeah like because elton john was probably like it was baska he was was kind of like in his 40s at this point right oh yeah yeah Yeah. and he's like He's just like, you know, yeah. going on and on about George Michael. Dude, I get it. I get it, Ellen. <laughs> we feel the same it. way. So, yeah, he's on stage. He's singing. And then they bring out everybody. And it's like unbelievable. And Andrew can I just to be like I a just, background singer. I know. And can I just say that, like, Elton John singing with George Michael, like, this is his idol. He grew up listening to this. I'm like, yeah. this is like Hieronymus Bosch coming back from the dead and saying he loves my paintings. <laughs> oh, God, Jenny. <laughs> okay. Uh, right. um, but yeah, Andrew's like, uh, well, I was, you know, he, he's, you could see the ambition difference. Andrew's mm-hmm. like, I was just so happy to be in a band. And George is like, why the fuck do I only have three number ones this year? <laughs> Yeah, and here's the thing. Um, George had written Last Christmas, which is a great Last song. Last Christmas. It, like, for, I mean, it's, I no, hate, it's yeah. no Happy Christmas by oh, Lennon and Ono, but okay. um, it is a great Christmas song, and yes. he's all ready for it to be the fourth number one, and, and then they release Do They Know It's Christmas Time. And, and it beats it. Beats and it's it like, dude, the these are good problems to have. Yes. yes. Yeah. But George is like, my ego was so huge. Like, you know, I couldn't. <laughs> so then they go to China and they're one of the first bands to go to China. One yep. of the first pop bands. And then I have, um, he was stressed out. He says he's a huge ego, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Now they do a huge stadium tour. They have made it in America. Like this is one of their things. And this happens yep. after, after, um, is it Live Aid? I'm getting this wrong. Yeah, it's after Live Aid. Yes, yeah. Live Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. 
Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Um, so they do this huge stadium tour. They've made it in America. This Massive. was it. They've accomplished their goal. But George was becoming depressed. Andrew says he was a huge star, but he could not be himself. Like, he couldn't he be himself. Gay. And like, like he was this like huge teenage heartthrob for girls. Like it had to feel so fucked up and weird to him. Like So weird. So and weird. then every interview he's in, which I think this is super rude anyway. Mm-hmm. Every interview he's in, they're asking him like, Ooh, how about the women? How about the women? How well, about like, because it, it, uh, help me. What's the word I'm looking for? It objectifies women. Like, how many women have you collected on yeah. this tour? Yep. Yeah. yeah. So uh, there's a bunch of interviews where people are asking Andrew if he's jealous of George. Are you jealous of George? So in this time, too, it's important that George puts out Careless Whisper as a single of his own. Yes. And he's okay with that, and he lets him do it. I feel like Andrew is an ideal partner for him. Yes. Like, he's not he's another egomaniac. Like... I think Andrew realized early and like, again, I'm a stranger and I just look at the tape of the tape. Listen to me. I just look at the recording of top of the pops and you just fucking see it. Like it's plain as day. So I feel like it had to be plain as day to Andrew that like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like if you're with somebody and you're like, like they're just amazing. It's like when you and I started podcasting together and you just saw my star rise. Yeah. And then I just quit. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. and i'm like i really helped amy get to her next podcast and her solo career and like that i get it like this isn't my thing i'm not good at this whatever so like let's just let amy ship sail and i'm happy with that i wonder I'm fine if, with that. i wonder if tear and fear had this kind of dynamic <laughs> you, you know we always call them that like serge will be like which one tear or fear yeah i wonder if tear and fear had a similar supportive dynamic no, but that's a perfect example where I'm like, you want to have your solo career? You want to have 10 <laughs> podcasts? You want to forget I even existed? Like, maybe they'll have a documentary about Gen X. This is why. And how go. I was like mm-hmm. the beginning. I mean, I made you keep your branding in line. That's the thing I cared about. You but you now I see you just. Backdoor friends. And, and the quality. Uh, yeah. God. And the quality of mm-hmm. your content. But besides that, I was like, you're better well, at this. Thanks. I appreciate like, that. So, um, they're asking Andrew, like, are you jealous? And he's like, no, I'm good, dude. Like, no, I'm fine. I'm Super yep. chill. I and mean, most people don't expect to be a fucking rock star in their yeah, life. So, like, yeah. if that happens to happen to you, like. Andrew great. has what I like to call quiet confidence. Yeah. And he's, he's just very like. secure. And he's like, he's I'm like, good. He's like, I never expected to be a fucking rock star. Like, mm-hmm. I'm good. I equate this to somebody who used to give me a hassle because I didn't get my black belt in karate. I got my third degree brown belt. And I'm like, never in my wildest dreams did I think I would have. Real? Yeah. Is this a real problem? Okay. No, no, but like, never in my wildest dreams did it. They kept trying to make like make it like, why aren't you like? I can't believe you would just give up on this. That was also. 
And I was like, I'm like, give up on what? I'm like, not my wildest dreams to ever think I would have any belt in karate. So it's like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. I don't care. And I yeah. feel like Andrew's kind of like that. He's like, never my wildest dreams. Like about this spe- specific thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah Did yeah. I ever think I would be a rock star? I just went on tour across the world. Yes. And had stadiums of women and screaming for me. And my way across He's like, I'm good. Country. Like, if this is all it ever is, I'm mm-hmm. totally fine with that. Yep. And he knows he doesn't have the talent to make it. He would have been like us, a, a one-hit wonder or two-hit wonder. Presumably, he'll his price still get royalties. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, if yep. they if they had a good deal, I mean, well, those record executives were. Yeah. So they split up in 1986, and they do a farewell concert and splitting up. And Andrew has a good quote here. He says, "We all wake up in the middle of our dreams, and suddenly it's not there anymore." I thought yep. that was a good. Quote. He just has a really healthy way of thinking about this. And and one of the things that they say about Wham early on, and I forget where I wrote it down, is the like the the appeal of Wham or what they wanted Wham to be was like the feel of it was youth railing against adulthood. So like you can't not like not like not protesting like adulthood. Protesting. Okay. Yes. Like that would be more the punk music. Yes. This was more like was just like, like these guys we're not punk. Just like I don't want to grow up. You know, like we're just I gonna party forever. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I'm just gonna party forever. I don't wanna grow up. And like, you know, like George Michael, I think, said, like, Wham was never gonna be middle aged. You know what I mean? Like it they yes. just didn't make sense. Yes. Like the band didn't make sense turning into that. And like for George to be successful and to go on to be what he became, like he had to kill Wham. He had to kill Wham. And they both knew it. Yes. And I, and I think, just think it's like such a smart, like they were smart businessmen, which is rare to see with, with me, with creative people in general, to be honest. What's interesting though, is they said like, they had the healthiest friendship. They really did. Like yep. we want mm-hmm. at these six goals for win. Yeah. Yep. We're going to achieve them. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, we're done. We're good. Yeah. 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 Jenny, so well, I was smart to... because I feel like if they stayed in Wham and they kept trying to do that same thing, like say George Michael wasn't a genius that he is, and they kept like doing that, they would have been done. They would have been done like by the mid to late 80s and you would never hear from them again. True. I have here George Michael's eight number one hits. Okay. Okay. Can you guess some? George Michael, is, not Wham. Is this including Wham? Okay. Um, Freedom. Well, I'm going to give you the first one because it's it's... Sketchy is Careless Whisper. So that's Wham and George Michael. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Careless right. Whisper, definitely. Okay, Faith. Faith. Faith I is want number your sex. two. Yes. Isn't Freedom one of them? Yes. Do you have these written down? No. Okay. Freedom, yes. Um. God, I don't know. I, I, I forget. Don't Let the Sun Go Down on don't Me. Let the sun, that's the one he recorded with Elton John. Too Funky. I don't know that one. He did. He recorded something with Aretha Franklin, too. Um, I Want Your Sex. Mm-hmm. Fast Love. One More uh, Try. One More Father Try, I remember. Figure. One More Try was with somebody. Nope. I Father Knew You Were Waiting For faith. Me was with Aretha Oh, Franklin. I Knew You Were Waiting For Me. Um, Father Figure was on Faith. Mm-hmm. And then Freedom. Amazing. The, the new Freedom. The one right. we were talking about. The one that's on uh, Listen Without Prejudice. That was the album After Faith. Yes. It looks like Monkey also spent two weeks at number one. Why they wouldn't put that in the original list is beyond me. Um, 
Yeah, I think that's it. So those are some of his well-known stuff. Praying for time. That Jesus, I mean, the Jesus Faith album. Okay, so that song, I forgot about that song. That song he wrote about the death of his boyfriend. So he had this boyfriend who died from AIDS. And I think they only dated like three years or something, yeah. two or three years. And uh, I think even though he was in much longer relationships later, like I think that was the love of his life type situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he wrote that song. And de- he says it in the beginning. He dedicates it to him. I just want to see. He died. He was young. I have an index card. Okay, this is good. Saves me a Google search. I don't know if you do index cards on this, but they come with me. On Little Miss Recap, we don't do index cards. Well, I'm bringing bringing it. When you're here, we have to go into nerd mode. How did George Michael die? He died in England on December 25th, 2016, Mm. at age 53. On Christmas? Yep. Don't they know Christmas time? Okay, bad joke. Bad fucking joke. I feel like I always thought he died tragically. I mean, it's all tragic, but like... I always thought he killed himself, but he did. Yes, because it was Christmas and he was young, right? Yeah. And okay, so a little bit about some of the stuff that happened to him after Wham! And this is the juicy stuff you're looking for. Good, okay. He struggled with substance abuse for many years. It was He was heavily addicted to marijuana, but also was arrested in the aughts multiple times for class C drug offenses. That's um like Xanax, Valium, sleeping pills, like that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, cannabis and like, like oh, most God. of the street drugs are class B. Okay. In 2011, he canceled a performance in London due to a viral infection and was admitted to the hospital with chest pains less than a month later, less than two hours before a performance. They had a, his condition then worsened and the rest of the tour was canceled. He had a tracheotomy that saved his life in in December of 2011 after falling into a coma. So he was having like real bad health thing. Yeah. He almost died. In 2013, he sustained a head injury when he fell from a moving car. Mm. Supposedly his manager was saying that it was just superficial injuries, but like, I don't know. That feels. Wow. In 2015, in June, he checked into rehab in Switzerland. So he was still having pretty bad drug problems yeah. at that time. He was found dead in his home in Goring on the Thames by his partner, Fadi Fazwa, at that time. He was 53. The cause of death was, oh, here we go, dilated cardiomyopathy, myocardialic, myocardius, and fatty the liver. The heart doesn't pump enough blood to the yeah. veins. Through so the- his heart failed probably from heavy drug yeah drug because you're only 53 he's buried next to his mother and sister in london the article i was reading said his sister died sister died after him exactly three years later so does that mean she died on christmas how'd she die i don't know you don't Um, know i ran out of time you were pressuring me to join (laughs) them she so he has his sister melanie who died on christmas day hmm that's weird. Three years later. But we don't know how she died. She struggled to come to terms with her brother's death, which occurred exactly three years earlier. After falling into a diabetic coma. I had it right. Mm. That's so weird. That's really sad. God. Mm. The mother was already dead, thank God. Could you imagine living the poor that? father? Was the father already dead? I think the father was, not, was dead already. I don't know. That's sad. 
That freaks me out because that's like a whole family gone. Yeah, I know people that happen to. Mm. Let me tell you what's coming up on Little Miss Recap next. We have, and just like that, season two, episode five should be out uh, already. So you should be listening to that. And Steph and I are covering Yellowstone season five, which is really exciting. And Amanda and I will be back with Yellow Jacket season one. We're going back to season one. Oh, nice. So that'll be there too. I love Yellow Jackets. And check out Little Miss Recap's Backdoor Friends. I can't believe you named on Facebook. a Facebook group that. <laughs> okay. Oh, all right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you soon. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.